Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. What if Christ never died? Ever thought about that? What if Christ never died? What if he came and we had some records about this man, Jesus, who was a a nice prophet, a nice healer, a nice storyteller. And and so we might have chronicles of, of Jesus, just like we have chronicles of many other great people in history who did some wonderful things, made scientific breakthroughs and all sorts of things. But then we had this chronicle about this man called Jesus Christ who proclaimed to be something and he he did some wonderful things. But what if he actually never died on the cross and rose again? What would that mean for us? What would that mean for us here today? Firstly, we wouldn't be here today. Um, But If you think deeper into that, what are the repercussions of a dead and risen Jesus Christ? Some other faiths believe that Jesus was a very, very good man. In fact, a very good prophet. And they sort of mingle him in with some other prophets and other good men throughout history. And they say, yeah, that was part of the journey of the revelation of God. And, uh, and Jesus along the way was just one of those markers in history who brought some truth, who brought some morality. Uh, and, uh, and it, but then there was other revealers of truth as well who came and, uh, and helped directed us to God. And this is uh, a number of faiths actually believe that. And so we are actually challenged with what does the death and resurrection of Christ actually mean to us as Christians? Well, I want us to turn to... Um, 1 Corinthians 15, I just want to read a a slab of scripture which hopefully answers some of this for us. And we have it up on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there'll be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. This is referring to the fact that we're actually crazy if we believe in something that's false. Paul says we're to be pitied. People should be feeling sorry for us coming here today and at Easter time with millions of Christians all over the world, probably approximately 2 billion Christians in the world right now and most of them remembering the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ at this time right now. And so we're actually in the majority. Remember that. When someone tries to make you feel bad for believing in Jesus, you're in the majority. You're not a minority. You're not 
You're not the tail, you're the head. You're not lesser, you're greater. And actually, we have knowledge that the world desperately needs, even though sometimes they don't know it. And so when we read scriptures like this, we remember that if it's not for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the core of who we believe and what we believe, then we're actually believing a lesser gospel. It's not just nice morals. It's not just nice teaching, as good as all this stuff is. But I want to give you three angles, if you like, three things that I believe would happen if Christ never died. The first one would be that we might still be able to follow the Ten Commandments and we might still be able to live very, very good moral lives. However, we'd still be living under law. So right now, you and I, to actually reach God, would have to be fulfilling every letter of the law. And that's a lot. It's not just the Ten Commandments. The law goes on and on and on into hundreds of pieces of legislation that you've got to do to stay clean, stay moral, stay pure, stay right before God. And you have to cleanse yourself and you have to do a lot of sacrifices and you have to go through a whole pattern of rituals and lifestyles that no one could attain to. No one could fulfill all that stuff. Because, I mean, for starters, it's very time-consuming, but these days it's very hard to get hold of different animals to slaughter. And you'd probably have a whole lot of vegans at your gate <laughs> protesting you. So we couldn't even fulfill the law. We couldn't remain politically correct and fulfill the law. It would be very difficult. But Jesus came and he died and rose again so that the law might be fulfilled so that we may have an ultimate sacrifice an ultimate savior an ultimate morality an ultimate purity which can be then obtained and retained so we don't have to keep going back and sacrificing we don't have to keep going back and seeing jesus died and rose again he made an ultimate one time only sacrifice this, as the Son of God, the Son of Man, He came so that all of us might be included in that sacrifice and connected to God the Father. There's no other way to be connected to God than via the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's one of the things that, that I praise God for. Romans 5.16 says this, And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one sin brought condemnation, but the free gift following many sins brought justification. For if because of one man's sin, death reigned through that one man, which is Adam, of course, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to give us everything that he destined for people here on earth. He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to fulfill promises. He came to bring fulfillment to our lives so we don't have to wander around hopelessly in a desert, so to speak, trying to attain to some morality or some holiness in God. But Jesus came to reveal God to us as humans so we may be connected. And it's a free gift. There's not much that's free in this world. And we in the West have watched enough TV to be skeptical about anything that's free. 
Ever notice that when you're walking through the shopping center and someone's trying to hand you something and they're sort of smiling at you and you know it's a paid smile? It's not free, it's a paid smile. And even if it is free, you know there's a catch somewhere. There's something that they want to give you or get you into. And, and so in this day and age in the West, we're very skeptical of free things. And even though the gospel is free and we don't have to pay for it and there's no, um, there's no catch, there's no catch. In fact, it gets better and better and better in some ways the more God reveals himself to us. I just want to digress for a moment. I've been having this little um, conversation on LinkedIn with someone and he's a business guy and um, he, he threw out there, and many of you would have heard this before, he's, he asked a question of a really, a really high up business guru in Australia, and I thought I'm going to cut in and answer that one. Um, but anyway, so he threw out there and he, he said, tell me this, why does the church get all these tax breaks and have so much influence politically and, you know, robbing everyone and doing all this stuff? And I thought, I can't resist. I'm going to have to go for that one. Ever had a fish hook dangling online? And you just can't resist. You've got to say something. And so anyway, this is a very professional site and it's a very professional manner. And I probably broke the rules by answering Mark Boris's question for him. But anyway, um, so I, I cut in. And I said, well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Firstly, give me some examples. Secondly, um, you might just want to remember that the church, if you like, churches in Australia, people are giving money after they've already paid tax. So it's not like we're robbing people. We're not manipulating people. But this is the mindset of Australians, isn't it? What's the catch? Oh, the church has done this over the years. The Crusades always comes out, doesn't it? If you're ever in an argument, the Crusades, here we go. The cru- what about the Crusades, you know? It's, it's the old, old one that, they, that everyone pulls out. And so we have so many blockages to truth because of skepticism. What's the catch? What's the catch? Romans 5 is saying there is no catch. It is a free gift, a free gift. Second thing is we wouldn't have any hope of conquering death ourselves. If Christ never died, we would just die and that would be it. Well, some may say we would die and all go to hell because we couldn't be connected to God unless we upheld every single letter of the law. And none of us can do that. So Christ made it possible to connect to the Father and have eternal life with Him. And so let's read in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. And it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? In 56 it says, For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we can conquer death truly and for eternally is through Jesus Christ. There's absolutely no other way. There's no other little avenues. There's no, some people say there's, you know, many methods, many styles, and they'll all ultimately lead to God. That's not the truth. That's not biblical truth. It's not the Christian faith. Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. And so when we look at things like death, we as believers, and many of us would have been at funerals, and I've taken funerals, and it's one of those times that if that person is a believer, yes, we mourn, and and we're going to miss them, and it's one of those times that our flesh really misses and mourns that person, but our spirit knows this is a great promotion. 
This is a great promotion for that person. But for a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ, this is it. This is the ultimate. This is something that we can't come back from. And that's why we've only got a certain amount of time to tell people, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And He's coming again soon. That's what Scripture says. He's coming again for His people, where He's going to call out His people, the living and the dead, and He's going to judge each one of us according to what we believe and what we do. And so here it's saying here that the only way to conquer sin in our lives is through Christ. Most of us will know, unless there's a few perfect people in the room, we won't do a show of hands because I know the few that would put up their hand. There's always a few holy ones in the room. They're the ones who send me emails on Mondays. Just checking you on that one. Theologically out of line there. But every single one of us need a saviour. Every single one of us need a saviour. Some have tried drugs, some have tried alcohol, some have tried relationships, some have tried other things, maybe fame, that hasn't worked, money, that hasn't worked. We try all sorts of things, careers, and uh, we go off onto all sorts of tangents to be our saviour. None of them work. None of them work. They're all shallow, they're all selfish, and they all end in selfishness. And when we find self, we find nothing. We are an empty chamber. We are an empty chamber. Ever found that in your own head? It's like, I can't even find myself in there. We need a savior. Mankind needs a savior. And that's why he came, to conquer death. So that in our death, we can have resurrected life. We saw that this morning. It's a, it's a symbolism, if you like, of going down into the water, like going down in the grave and then coming back to life. And you saw the smiles. I, I was smiling. I was just looking at the smiles on everyone's faces and a few screams and yells, and that's awesome. And um, uh, coming up, why? Because there's a spiritual transaction that takes place when we do this stuff. There's a spiritual uh, resurrection, if you like, that comes comes to life and uh, I saw Gary looking at his son Zach and I uh, it just reminded me of the father I, you, you sort of look really holy Gary and I just looked at you and I I saw him looking at Zach and he's come down I thought what a proud father of his son and I yeah and uh, and it just reminded me of the father you know I thought wow the father right now is looking down onto his kids dedicating their lives being baptized and he's just smiling he's smiling at times like that The last thing that if Christ didn't die, we would be in a very, very strong spiritual battle. Satan would have some sway over us. He would have greater influence over mankind. He would potentially be able to accuse us of things, remind us of our sin, and hold us in bondage to that. He would have some some tickets on us, if you like. He would have knowledge about us, but he would also have a sway over us here on earth. You might be thinking, well, how does that play out? Let's read Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, In this way, he disarmed, this is Jesus, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. If Christ didn't die, there wouldn't be that ultimate victory that we could throw in the enemy's face when he's accusing us. And saying here, he disarmed the enemy. 
Why did he need to disarm the enemy? Because the enemy had sway on earth because sin got released through Adam onto earth. So there was this disease called sin onto the human race, and it was plaguing the human race. It's interesting um, that anytime you see maybe a, a, a you know, maybe a movie or something like that, and there's a new community established somewhere, or maybe it's an end times, uh, you know, end of days sort of movie where the earth's been destroyed by, you know, a radiation bomb, and then 100 years later, humans, you know, sort of come out of the, out of the you know, concrete bunkers or something like that, and you think, oh, now they're going to establish a perfect community. It's only days before they start killing each other again, isn't it? Because this is what sin does, and this is what Satan ultimately wants, is to kill the human race. That's why he does it through abortion if he can. And he uses other methods if he can. Kill us at the first part of our life or the last part of our life and every bit in between if he can. Because his ultimate plan is to kill humans. Because then he feels like he has dominion over the human race. And so this sin disease goes out. And we need to fight against this sin disease. But we don't have the weapons to fully fight against it unless we have Jesus Christ and the cross. And so that's why Colossians 2 says he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Satan and his demons have certain authority. I don't know why God has given them certain territory or allowances. I don't know why he just doesn't blow them with a supernatural nuclear bomb now. I don't know why. But he's given us a, a, a calling and a mantle to help him in the kingdom work that he's already disarmed the enemy, but he said, okay, guys, go out and do the work. Go out and do the works of Jesus. I'll give you my Holy Spirit, and you may go out and do great things, great works, preach the gospel, signs and wonders, heal the sick, etc., etc." And so in Jesus' death and resurrection, he has disarmed Satan. And if you've ever felt under bondage or you've felt strongholds on your life or you felt depression or you felt something from the enemy through Jesus Christ you have the weapons that you need in and of yourself you don't in and of myself I don't it's interesting when when praying for people I, I'm often reminded of my own humanity because I pray for people we put a hand on people or maybe anoint them with oil or do something like that and I think this act in and of itself I mean Karen knows that if I just place my hands on her although she loves it because I'm just you know very affectionate but be, beyond that it, there's nothing in it there's nothing in it other than by the supernatural hand of God but he wants to use you he wants to give you power. He wants to give you authority to disarm the enemy, just like Jesus has. He was, the, he was the preface. He was the former, if you like. And then he's released his power to us. And he said to us, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And so he's actually placed a calling on your life. I don't know if you know that. You might be here and you might be thinking, wow, this is like a weird ritual that these people do. They got Now it used to be candles, now it's LED lights. What's going on? I don't know how long it is since you've been in church, but you know, it's, just, it's just one of those things. Modern day catches up with us. But if you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you, give your life to him. It's the best thing you'll ever do. It doesn't mean you just get a Ferrari and get a promotion and everything's perfect. But what it does mean is you're going to heaven. And there's no better promotion that you can get than that. And so it's, it, that's why we're here. That's why people got baptized is because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And He is the Lord of our lives. 
And today is all about Him. And we remember His death. We remember His resurrection and His conquering. Every plan the enemy had over your life and my life has been cancelled through the cross. Absolutely cancelled. All we need to do is appropriate the work of the cross to our lives and receive that. And we get to participate in that resurrection. And it doesn't end there. We actually then get to live lives filled with the Spirit, filled with the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and all that good stuff. But we also have a relationship with God the Father. There's no other way to have a relationship with God the Father. I want you to stand this morning.